Welcome to another episode of the Modern Black Man Podcast. Today I have two very special guests, and we're going to talk about a uh, invasive uh, scenario, an invasive thing in our society. We're going to be talking about cheating, infidelity. Uh, to kind of give you a framework for our conversation, I'm going to define a few words that we're going to be talking about. Fidelity is defined as sexual faithfulness to a spouse or partner. The word faithful. Faithful is the struggle to please the party faithful or never having a sexual relationship with anyone else. And then loyal, giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or institution. Uh, these are going to be three critical themes in the conversation that we're going to have today. I'm going to allow my guests to introduce themselves before I start to ask any questions, uh, but sit back, relax, and uh, just be prepared for a very powerful conversation today. Hi, everyone. I am Sarah Voyard. I am a life coach and master NLP practitioner. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me today, and I'm really excited to get into this topic. Hello to all the listeners out there. I'm Tori. I'm, I'm very, very excited about the um, the exchange that we're going to have today. It's going to be a really, really good conversation, and I'm just um, very, very happy and excited to be a part of it. And I'm very thankful for you guys for taking time out and uh, doing the show with me today. Um so excited. I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I have a few questions to kind of get our conversation started. And uh, the question off the top is for everyone, have you ever cheated? Um, I'm going to pass the mic to Sarah and get a response. I have never cheated. I was married in the past and I it went as far as a lot of people have probably gone through this. And I know, Brian, you were married in the past, too. I'm not sure what your experience was. But there's typically a time frame or a gap between when you separate physically and legal divorce, right? right? So this is another interesting question, how people feel about fidelity during that gap. Some people feel like, no, you know, we, we're, we're physically separated, and we know we're getting divorced. The procedure has already started. So we can kind of move, start to move on at that point. I come from a really like religious, traditional Christian background. So for me, I made sure, I mean, I didn't even get a kiss in with anyone until it was like officially on paper, signed, sealed, delivered. The ink was dry from the judge. Mm. And yeah, so I have never partaken in that activity. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so for me, in uh, response to that answer, I have, I have cheated. Um, in, um, yeah, during that gap that Sarah was just talking about, um, I was previously married, and in that gap, um, yeah, from the perspective that I had and the perspective that um, my ex had, you know, we were like, hey, we're done with each other. So with us being done with each other, we're kind of free to do what we want to do um, in that regard. So that was um, during that period. And it was different facets, I guess you can say, of, of cheating, because that particular situation differs from another time where I've, actually, where I've cheated. And um, we'll get into more detail of, of that later. Um, but yeah, I, I, have, I have. And in both senses... 
um, I didn't get anything out of it except mm. for guilt and and um, shame and, and and just a, a blow. I, I, I created a situation to where it presented a blow to my own self and um, nothing fruitful came from either situation. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that because um, I, in observation, uh, monogamy has never really changed. The definition of monogamy has always been the same, but we evolve on our definition of cheating. Um, you know, it, it, it's expanded in its scope. We've gone from just simple physical cheating to growing into an emotional cheating to growing into a social cheating and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and I think that that's kind of where some of us get lost. Um, whether it's, yeah, absolutely. Whether, uh, we, we decide that it's a gap or it's just undefined. So, um, with, with defining uh, this this whole cheating thing, um, I think that we're left uh, with the realization that it's not fully rewarding. Uh, I think you're talking about from your experience where it was something done momentarily and it left you with permanent uh, remorse. Uh, it, it left you feeling several negative emotions that came from it. And it's probably changed you as a person. So I'd like to kind of, you know, open the conversation up and just talking about what what that has, you know, uh, changed in your perspective, uh, maybe how it's affected other experiences. Okay. Well, when we when, when I'm speaking about that specific gap between, hey, I'm done with you. We're separated. Life is about to go on. Let's go ahead and jump started with whoever else, whomever else we want to um, look at. That perspective, um, I, I kind of um, allowed myself to jump into the wrong type of relationships during that cheating period mm-hmm. for um, a, a situation, for a soothing type of situation. Sure, like a catharsis. Yeah, mm-hmm. because... When I grew up, I grew up in a broken home. I grew up with a cheating father, which is one of those things that we were talking about earlier. Um, so my dad cheated. Mm-hmm. My uncles cheated. Right. My, I mean, and these cats cheated. Right. I mean, I'm at my dad's girlfriend's house before he takes me home. I you know, a similar experience I want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> my dad showed me an example right. of cheating. I have a sister that is four months younger than me. Oh, wow. By a different mom. Obviously, you know, that can't happen from the same person. But yeah. So I'm playing with my sister, watching my dad cheat with her mom to take me home to eat spaghetti Mm -hmm. with my mom. So that gap was like, hey, I'm not with you. You're not with me. Do what you want to do. So that is different from the second opportunity or second chance, the second occasion of cheating. Whereas, although, let me go back, when the marriage was ended, I say being married ended, Mm -hmm. that was like, hey, no holes barred, go ahead and do what you got to do. You do you, you, I'm going to do me, and we're going to do whoever else we want to do in the meantime. So there was sexual contact and and, and physical contact and actual dating. Mm -hmm. So the other occasion um, to where I cheated it was a different dynamic. Whereas 
throughout uh, everything that happened in my life up to the second cheat. Mm. I created uh, apathy in my head about the whole situation and those ambigu- ambiguous um, little nuances that, that we were talking about earlier about defining cheating and how it's evolved and monogamy and all that other stuff to where there was no physical contact, no sexual contact in the second cheating, but it still classifies as cheating. Let's talk more about that. So there was no sexual contact, no physical contact, other than just the church hug, you know, with your butt out and everything. Okay. But what falls in the category of cheating is that I allow myself to share time with someone other than the person that I love, mm-hmm. the person that I was, uh, that I'm in love with. Right. So it's so many different things that go into the simple thing of just don't cheat. Monogamy simple. Yeah. Right. The word is simple, mm-hmm. but when people start putting their own little spin and things on it, they, 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 trip it out you know they, they make it to where i'm gonna fit this into my own little definition of things right the same you know? thing we do with religion right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go kill all these people in the name of christianity no dude right. thou shall not kill <laughs> and hey. in the bible um monogamy and faithfulness is defined twice mm. it's two of those sins mm-hmm. it's a sin for physically doing it yeah and it's a fin- sin for thinking right lusting yeah after yeah lusting right. after yeah. yeah. And the thing that, that in both. Sit- well, let me finish up with the second situation is that I gave my time to somebody else mm-hmm. after I committed to another woman. Right. I was in a committed relationship with another woman. I was loving this other woman. She was at home waiting for me to come back oh, wow. while I was sharing my time with somebody else. So that betrayal right there is massive. Massive. And and I told my brother about it. And he was like, dude, you did all that and you didn't get none? I was like, no. I was like, you stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All the pain, none of the pleasure. You created a situation where you got all of the baggage and you didn't even get wet. Right. I'm like, uh, yeah. But the thing is, in my mind, Throughout all of the other uh, uh, 30-year history of dating the wrong people and mm-hmm. and justifying, um, hey, this is okay, but that's not. This is okay, but that's not. My self-esteem being affected as far as, uh, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Well, if I do this, she'll stay. Or if I do this, this one will stay. Or if I do that. But because my self-esteem was damaged, mm-hmm. my point of view was skewed or blurred, rather. Mm-hmm. And then my actions were were astray. Or they were falling in line with the criterion that you had. That I created for myself. We all look at the world through a lens of our past experience. Yeah. And, and, And I'm telling you, man, my past experiences were so crazy to the point. I mean, relationship wise was so crazy to where everything I looked at was it was like a kaleidoscope. It was crazy. It was I mean. Everything in motion. Everything in motion. Mm-hmm. Everything has different points of view. Mm-hmm. Everything has, it's a different depth to each field of view. Mm-hmm. And in all of that um, um, calculation, it has to happen to see through a kaleidoscope mm-hmm. to actually not run into a wall or not, in this case, I'll say run into a wall being hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. I was so far gone that I, I didn't see how 
bad my decisions were because right. of that kaleidoscope view. But we've got to talk about why you endured. There was something that lured you in or something that was attractive for that situation for you to subject yourself to pain. Oh, in a man. sense, it's a sac- an emotional sacrifice that you mm-hmm. made unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that you've identified what was alluring about the situation? Because, you know, as a man with no physical gain, no physical pleasure, it is hard for me to to desire those situations. Mm-hmm. I'm so adverse when it comes to those things. Um, but as a man, I can understand that there's something greater on them. It's probably an emotional level, mm-hmm. an emotional connection, which is difficult for us to go out there and find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, I think that gives us some insights into the thoughts uh, of a man, you yeah, know. Yeah, definitely talk, talk on that. Yeah. So, what people don't really realize, mm-hmm. men are sensitive creatures. Absolutely. <laughs> but we show our sensitivity in destructive ways. Now, I mean, well, I shouldn't say just no. us doing it, but in violent ways or yeah. more hostile ways yeah. or more aggressive ways. Soci- Do you think society makes us that way? I don't. Because I don't, we're not supposed to show our emotions, but we are, I think, in a, a huge sense, more emotional than women are. But we show yeah, I it, definitely know that. We, we show it in destructive ways. Yeah. We're violent. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that it's a societal thing. I would okay. just think it's, it's an individual thing. Okay. Because in society, if you push me, I'm supposed to push you back. Harder. You're supposed to fall after <laughs> I push you because right. you pushed me. Right. But in society, I mean, but in, in, in interpersonally or individually, if you step on my sneakers, I'm like, yo, B, you just stepped on my shoes. Right. And I'm good with that. But I can step on the next cat's shoes and he whip out a gun. And now so, he want to shoot up a party. So I wouldn't say it's societal, it's individual. And that goes back into how were you raised? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different topic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but, I don't know. I think I do. I think I do feel that society has a lot to do with it in the sense that. So as a coach, you experience clients that will talk to you about their previous experience. Right. Their 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 upbringing. What happens if you have a boy and a girl, let's think of you as a father. You have a boy and a girl. The little girl cries. What do you tell her? What do you do? It's okay, baby. It's, it's all right. Let me fix this. Now, the day after, mm-hmm. your boy, the oldest, is out here just hollering. What do so you do? Girl, what would a normal person do? A typical. Up, son. The world's, world's an ugly place, son. It's going to get worse, son. You got to be tough, son. Some people would even go as far as being like, you're crying like a little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I do think that society. Why? I think, I think that, I think that, but when I think societal, when I think societal, oh, and I've seen it. When I think societal, I think of what is the norm or the standard Mm -hmm. across, for the most part, across the board. That's what I that's what I think of when I hear what's a societal norm. Sure. And I do think that that still exists very heavily today, mm-hmm. especially in different cultures where Absolutely. when a boy experiences emotion, okay. a lot of times he's not allowed or it is suppressed. He's not allowed to experience the full range. Okay. 
So going back to the the experience, you know, the, the example of the little girl. Mm -hmm. So the girl, she immediately gets somebody that's hugging her. So now there's the physical soothing, wow. which is important for development, mm -hmm. emotional development. Then she gets the verbal soothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, baby, come on. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Then she's put somewhere for her to like deal with it for her to calm down. Right. And then it's likely that at some point later on, somebody, mom, dad, older sister is going to come back and be like, how are you feeling? Right. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. It's natural then. Now, now you understand why it's natural in many cases for females to even develop or mature quicker than Absolutely. is it biological probably is in, in a lot of cases but Absolutely. a lot of that a lot of that goes into it meanwhile the boy it's immediately suppressed i see it a lot in latin communities in africa you know in minority communities yeah, absolutely. but how is that boy from the onset learning to experience the full range of emotions and properly knowing how to deal with them so take the home out of the picture. Okay. How is school different? What are teachers doing when it's a boy acting out or a boy crying versus a girl? He's removed from the situation. Mm -hmm. right. He's criminalized. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So again, even in school where you spend 18 years of your life, right, right? or 12 rather, mm -hmm. it's the same experience. So if you're getting it in the 8, 10 hours that you're at home, and then you're getting it in the other eight hours that you're at school. And then you're asleep the other set of eight hours. Right. Where is a typical boy learning how to properly deal with emotions in a healthy way? Where are they learning to communicate? So when you take, right. So when you're, when you're bringing it back to relationships and how to properly manage and enjoy and experience and develop healthy relationships, mm -hmm. you have a large percentage of men, boys at one point, right. growing up to become teenagers where they start dating and then becoming somebody's husband, mm -hmm. somebody's father, provider, provider. Mm -hmm. as a husband, you can't really provide emotionally for mm -hmm. the relationship and as a father you have nothing to teach emotionally right right you can't teach what you don't have mm -hmm. so i would say society does have a lot to do with it still now because of those things that we still see are very prevalent yeah. in the way that we manage boys and how they're supposed to handle emotion right. how they're supposed to channel that typically for boys it's you show aggression, right? Mm -hmm. You're, I'm angry. I hit something. I break something. I throw something. Right. And how, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, don't hit her. Don't throw it. But are you really going back to why are you right. angry? Right. What are you actually feeling? Mm -hmm. Are you angry or are you sad? Mm. But I, I think that we give men a very limited set of emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Wahlberg emotions. <laughs> We're agitated. Yeah. Irritated, yeah. angry. Yeah. Those are your male uh, spectrum of emotions. With no deviation. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And then, <laughs> as a man, if you show anything on the more sensitive side, right. you're soft, mm -hmm. you're weak. Some you're a people, woman. You're a, you're a woman. Yeah. You're a Exactly. Because yeah, our society doesn't appreciate women. We, we coddle women uh, emotionally, and we put them in a, a, a fragile state. Right. Uh, because that's... 
what just the way a patriarchy works. Absolutely. But then if you have the women that are were allowed to be emotional, but you guys don't know what that represents because you guys haven't experienced it, mm-hmm. how can you as a man develop true respect for a sensitive being, i.e. a woman? Mm. We can't tap into it. Yeah, we can't tap into it. Um we can't tap into it because just like Sarah said, we well, I'll go a little bit further. We can't identify with something that we have never identified with. Right. Because it's always shunned. Right. Like, eh, man, suck it up. Get up. I'll scratch my leg. Uh, We're adverse to it. We try yeah. to eradicate it, eliminate it, because it has to be eradicated and eliminated in us. Mm-hmm. And then you make a really good point. How can we foster? How can we develop? How can we nurture? Because mm-hmm. that's not what we're taught. You know, we're, we're taught to suppress that from the youngest age. So yeah. our all our relationships are doomed to fail with that kind of example. <laughs> well, no, it's not impossible. It's yeah. not impossible. I mean, it isn't, you know, we're just being realistic, right, in this dialogue, and that's fine. But it's not impossible. We we can all make, and in this, this part of it, I do think is more individual, like Tori mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think we all have the individual discretion to make a change and decide that in our four walls, things will be different, mm-hmm. irrespective of what's going on on the outside. Yeah. You can make that, I believe that you can make that choice, just like a person that maybe hasn't had the best example growing up, mm-hmm. maybe from the male figures in their life, can decide, can make a, a positive choice to say, you know what, I understand it, I absorb it, now I know what not to do, but mm-hmm. I am going to personally choose not to emulate the same behaviors. It starts in private spheres, what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that what we say about children, about terrorism, about what's going on in the world? Oh, it starts at home. It's the home training. People don't know how, because it starts at the house. That's what we say about everything else. So why would that be different when it comes to relationships? We also say that about domestic violence. Yeah. That private sphere distinction. Um, Yeah. You know, giving ultimate privacy. Um, So I know for a lot of women, it can set a scary precedent. My ex-wife, it was, uh, it, it was fearful for her to have everything in the four walls. She wasn't comfortable with it. So in what way, what do you mean? Just, you know, everything kind of being, uh, private and in-house was a scary prospect for her. She was more comfortable doing things outside of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we went to counseling you know, we did really before, you know, obviously without any problems, we just went because that's my background and I think that that's a healthy thing, right? Um, But I know for her, it was a scary proposition to have that distinction, Mm -hmm. to have so much in the private sphere. She was uh, fearful because she saw her mother uh, abused growing up. Mm -hmm. So the the whole privacy thing really scared her. Uh, But you make a really good point. It's the sanctity of the relationship. And that's what trust is. It's a foundational norm, a foundational value that we need for healthy relationships. But we don't always teach women um, to value those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the whole maybe fear mongering that we give to women for them being the weaker sex and setting them up to be fearful of things that could be safe, that can give them, you know, uh, integrity to their relationships. But yeah, I think that, and as a woman, I can say that with the cheating part, mm-hmm. I've never done it. I've been on the other end, but I can say that having not done it has given me 
a very clear conscience. Mm-hmm. I think that is priceless. Absolutely. I think part of the reason why we have so many societal issues across the board is because you have so many people walking around with this mountain of shame and guilt mm. that they are carrying on their shoulders and cannot get rid of it. A clear conscience, in my opinion, is probably the best gift you can give yourself mm-hmm. or that anyone that can help promote that in your life can give you. But being on the other end of things, I can say you almost have to wonder, aside from the physical act, right, that cheating entails, mm-hmm. I would say as a woman, in my personal experience, the biggest part, the biggest hurt is more so on the betrayal and lack of loyalty. Because you can't even like, and I, and I do believe that maybe women that have forgiven their significant others mm-hmm. who have said that they've done it out of pure like I was in a drunken state, I wasn't thinking. I feel like I've seen a lot of women forgive that particular rationale behind cheating versus the man that will come and tell you, I've had a legit affair Mm. for a minute and she means something to me. That tends to be more of a blow than even just like the clear cut black and white. I just hooked up with somebody and kept it moving because the loyalty or the disloyalty behind it, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, wait a minute. What was going on in your head? What would cause you to do that? And why would you lie to me? At the end, at the core, that's what it is. It's a lie. You have chosen to go out and live another life, like live a double life right? without informing me of it. Because at this point, let's be honest, and I've heard some of your previous podcasts, it's like people are consciously out here being side chicks yeah. and yeah. booty calls yeah. and boy toys. Mm-hmm. Like people are doing that consciously now. Right. They don't want the obligation. They don't want the commitment, like the full-fledged commitment of a relationship. Right. So they're like, oh, I can totally do the side thing where I have my cake and eat it too. I can get the physical pleasure when I need it. And if you add a little bit of like financial support, I'm golden. Like if right. you can pay rent mm-hmm. every month <laughs> and my cell phone bill, you got this. So at this point, it's not even a matter of not being able to find that. I think years ago, decades ago, it was different. Sure. You were it was it was so shameful, especially because our country was a lot more, I believe, religious yeah, in, in it. It was different. Like mm-hmm. for you to find a girl that was like gonna be that girl back in the day, it was just like the known community prostitute sure. or the known community, quote unquote. Ju- right. <laughs> now, I mean, I was reading an article the other day that talked about it was it was the writer found 30 men that were open to being brutally honest. They were anonymous, but they were open to being brutally honest, admitting that they cheated and the reasons why. And one of the individuals in the article was talking about how he thought that cheating was the reason why he had stayed in his relationship for so long. He had been married for 25 years. And in 25 years, he had had several affairs, some of them lasting for years. But what caught my eye is the fact that he stated most of the women 
were very close friends of his wife. He said there were just he said there were just one or two that didn't know her. And he ended his portion by saying, tip to the cheaters, never lie to the person that you're going to cheat with about the fact that you're married. Like go into it telling them I'm married, you know what time it is. <laughs> right, right. And I'm just sitting there like that to me is absolutely fascinating mm. and mind-blowing all at the same time. He really legitimately thinks that his ability to have had several affairs because he says, you know, the sex was lacking in his relationship. Mm -hmm. He says that that is the reason that he stayed in his marriage for that long because of the affairs as, as in the affairs helped you girl. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's like, you're thing. welcome girl. Yeah, yeah. Who does that? So lie, lie to, so the funny thing in that article, in that particular part of the article is lie to the side, or tell the truth to the side piece, but lie to your house. Because you love her. You protect yeah. her emotions, and that's yeah. what's on top. Yeah. But so, is that really protecting her emotions? It's an excuse. Right, because yeah. I don't think that that's really protecting her at all. Well, I no. think, and as crazy as this sounds, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm different. Mm-hmm. I would rather you, and I have said this to all of my ex-partners, mm. if you tell me that something is wrong before you do it, we have the ability, if we don't end up together, like if we can't move past it, we have the ability to at least stay friends. I will respect you yeah. for the honesty. Right. If but you come to me and tell me, you know what, Sarah? It's been a while and I'm really tired of looking at you. Like, it's like, I'm kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just bored. Mm. As hurtful as that may be, I'd rather us sit and have that conversation before you legit go out here and like defile the relationship. We could still be friends after that. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. We could still be friends after that. But if you go out and do it after I've told you this ahead of time, as in like, give it to me straight. Right. And on top of that, I find out after the fact, who's coming back from that? Not I. Oh, wow. Uh, listen, I give kudos to these women out here. <laughs> no, no, no. I think there is strength and courage in forgiving that. But not with you. Correct. I don't have that level of courage and strength. That's accurate. Mm -hmm. I think that there is strength and courage in anybody, whether it's a male or the female, okay. that is willing to go back and look at this person in the face and try to develop real pure sentiment again. Because mm. that, that to me is, that's the thing, the purity has been lost. Mm. And once you lose the purity, that, you know. You, you're, you're never gonna be able to come back or forward from that. Like you'll never be able to connect with the person Listen, after that transgression. I can't say no only because there's way too many people out here that have forgiven and have stayed in their marriages long term. So whatever they're doing, if they can, maybe if we could have somebody come on the podcast and attest to that. Like sure. I was married for 20 years. I found out the person cheated. I forgave them. And we've been married now another 10 years. I would absolutely love because at least the people that I know, the people that I've coached, emotionally, they have never been quite right. So you've I never, have not experienced that. 
you've never cheated in any kind of shade. You never emotionally, never financially, never in any kind of shade. You've been 100% loyal in every relationship. I really have. I will say this. In my in my marriage, mm-hmm. we separated, physically separated several times prior to like the actual divorce. Mm-hmm. And there were suitors that came along right. during those times and, and gaps. And I was very upfront with them. I was like, I am not legally divorced. So I can't offer you anything more than a friendship. Mm-hmm. Some of them, we became friends. Was it like this deep, close, like I'm talking to you at midnight and we're going on vacations together? Absolutely not. It literally developed into a regular friendship. As in like, I check in with you every now and then. Hey, how you doing? What have you been up to? Might some people consider that even a form of a cheating maybe? Or emotional? I don't know, like emotional connection. I don't know. If it was 100% platonic, I mean, I think that's within bounds. That's fair. And if, yeah, and and saying it to them off rip, like there was no thought. It wasn't like we talked for a few weeks, months, and then I was like, oh, look, I got to get, it wasn't like that. It was like immediately, like, listen, am I attracted to you? Yes. I remember this one particular mm-hmm. uh, gentleman, really attractive guy. I met him maybe the first separation and I told him, I mean, he was very bold and very direct. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, I would love, you know, take you out, get to know you, date you. And I was like, mm, that sounds great. I'm flattered. You know, I, I, we could probably have a great connection, but this is a situation. Mm. And we stayed friends. We ended up dating a little bit after I got divorced. Okay. But I was very upfront. So like, I was how very long upfront. was the separation period for you? No, there were months. Like, so I, the first one was, <laughs> the first one was maybe five months. Ooh. Then we got back together, tried to work it out. Then we separated again. That one was maybe another, maybe four. The first one might've been six months, five to six months. The second one was maybe four. Okay. And then the last time that was the one for good. Like that last, the third time we separated and that led into the divorce. That one, that one was like signed, sealed, delivered. That was done. Mm-hmm. But it was a few months, definitely enough months for somebody who, you know, is going to move on to do that. Mm-hmm. Did I think about it? Heck yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Did I think about it? Absolutely. Especially because at that point I was like, okay, this marriage is really not. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is really not. But my my sense of obligation and loyalty was very much like in my home. And if you tell me in my heart of hearts, I don't think he did anything either. Wow. Yeah. Like in my heart of hearts, if I had to look at him today, if somebody told me, yeah. I don't think that he did anything either at all. I mean, let's talk about that. I think yeah. all three of us have experienced divorce. Yeah. Um, and I know that for me, that whole separation period changed uh, a lot of me. Uh, I stayed faithful during it just out of um, Probably a, a moral obligation. I, I know that was the most in tune with the word that I had ever been in my life. Amen. Up to too. that point. For sure. Every day, reading scripture, verses, and just really being in that mode. Um, but it 
it changes everything with your relationships moving forward. Because I know that I look at potential partners so differently now mm-hmm. going through that. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really know how to put that into words, but I know that the the spiritual uh, reflection led to so much growth. And, um, you know, just what do you guys think about that? I mean, when you're divorcing someone and you're just reflecting on how much positive emotion you're putting into that person, how much love you had for that person, and you face the prospect of either never doing it again or doing it with someone different, what what, what do you think that really... You know, what does that do with your uh, new relationships? Because, I mean, I'm at the point now where I – it's horrible how I look at potential uh, relationships. Not in a negative way, but it's – I don't know if I'm – cynical. Yes. With a cynical core. Yes. But are we – now, when you ask this question, are we talking about Mm – God-fearing people or not? Because I think that's yeah, different. That's definitely a difference. So I think I, there's a huge difference. If you're talking about, my answer would be different if you said somebody non-fearing. Because if you tell me somebody <laughs> God-fearing, right. my first question would be, let's take it back to all the emotions that are experienced as a Christian right. because of the fact that you're getting divorced at all. Right. Because that right yeah. there for me was like, in the community that I was in, Right. I mean, it was a scandal. Listen, you've, you've heard my previous podcast. You know, my yeah. number one thing is yeah, yeah. I want a, a Christian girl. Right. Uh, I married a Christian girl. But uh, since divorce, I've expanded. And I've started to date girls that aren't uh, in the spirit. And it's it's entirely different, like you said. You look yeah. at it in a, just a, a cynical eye. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that before. Now, it's just kind of you wait people out. You know? You're like meh. Everybody's meh. Yeah, meh. yeah. It's not the same, and and I don't know if that's because subconsciously I know that it's not for marriage, mm-hmm. and I yeah. know that it's, it's a waste of time. It, it is. I know that I'm wasting that's my time. Yeah. There's a disposable relationship. Yeah. I know this. this but if you know this, mm-hmm. that's a waste of time. it's like milk. It's. Like, I mean, <laughs> it really is. It has an expiration date. Right now, the milk is good, but I know that. Six weeks from now, it's, it's going to turn sour. I might be able to make some uh, uh, some buttermilk, some sour cream. Might be able to get it to butter. Maybe we'll get the cheese. But eventually, it's going this to is expire. A situation. It is. So wait a minute. If that's the case, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you say that the relationship ever had a fair chance? If you already look at it as that's milk expiration. Optimism. That's how it turns in the cheese. Yeah. That's how it turns so, in the So the thing is, what you just hit on, Brian, uh-huh. is something that I actually internalized. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back and then I'll touch on what Sarah was saying, too, about the God-fearing aspect of it as well. Yeah. But it's funny that the way that you guys just both um, um, addressed this situation, a specific one, tie into how I got to the point where I cheated for the second time. Oh, wow. To where I actually got to the point where I murdered my relationship. I killed it. Was it I put intentional it, self-sabotage? So subconsciously, I would say yes, but I'll, I'll unpack that right now. So okay. we talked about the divorce thing and, and how do we look at it after the divorce, being a Christian and, and looking at all that other stuff. I'm going to go back and, and speak of four situations oh, wow. where infidelity happened. Not on my, not, not, Two are mine. 
Okay. Two, I projected onto another person. Mm. Two, I received. Okay. So, first one I received, I gave in, I poured, I gave all that I am, all the sensitive Tory that I am, I gave right. to this girl. Mm. I go away, have to go away for work. I'm only gone for two months. I come back, boom. Just like Sarah said earlier, hey man, you, you know, she didn't say it like this, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. She was blindsided by the person who cheated on her. I was blindsided by this first situation that cheated on me. And that started to shape my thoughts of hmm, cynical, you know, being cynical mm -hmm. to where I was like looking at pictures of past months before I found out that she was cheating and found pictures of her with this dude. Oh, wow. Well, no, not even a guy. His car was in front of her house. And I saw a picture of the car and I recognized his car. So anyway, wow. that is the first time. The very next girl. Very next one. I'm just like, wow, maybe this is going to be different. I'm optimistic. I'm not even in the sour milk, disposable <laughs> milk phase yet. Right. So the second time I'm like, hey, OK, this is great. You know, we look good together. We having fun and all this other stuff. I go away. Um, and it, it was something about two months. I don't know. Two months was the, was the kicker. So in the second month, um, after we be, after we were geographically separated for a little while for work. Hey, Tori, I cheated on you. She told you. Yes, he told me. And I was like, okay. And I was one of those ones. And I, I believe still in my heart. I'm truly an optimist. And I truly want to um, find her. Are we approaching sour milk? We're getting the sour milk. <laughs> so in those two situations right there, that started shaping my cynical eye yeah. to start looking at everything as disposable milk. So those two things got me jacked up. Yep. I allowed them to get me jacked up because I didn't have the tools to adequately say uh, no right. or cope with the hurt that I was feeling. So then I get married. Mm -hmm. And then with me being married and this is these are this is like maybe a decade, maybe 15 years between oh, wow. the girl that cheated, the last girl that cheated and me getting married. So I'm coming in with all of this baggage. All of this cynical, you know, cynical points of view, looking at uh, maybe <laughs> all of this sour milk, 15 years of sour milk into getting married. I wasn't ready. Now I know this. Right. And then I married a girl that was that was believed in God, but was kind of like, hey, I know who he is. OK, yeah. Yeah. OK, right. great. Yeah. He did the water with the wine thing. Great. OK, cool. Casual Christian. Yeah, casual Christian. That's exactly. What they call it now. Yeah, okay. what is it? The Easter, the Easter, the 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 they go for Easter what? Christmas. Easter Christmas. And what's the other one? I forget. It's three of them. Nah, Thanksgiving? it's Easter Christmas and something else. Anyway, it's three mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. But she was the casual Christian. Right. And then when I'm looking at the marriage piece, I'm like, okay, well, we're married. Dev do us part. Let's go ahead and do this thing. But so many dynamics went in there to the where it fell back into, okay, I married a sour milk girl. But I'm going to still try to go through this thing because we're getting the butter. Yeah. We're going to make butter out of this. We're right. going to no, salvage. Right there is positive thinking. We're yeah. going to no salvage what. this. But yeah. in lieu, I mean, in, in conjunction with that, we had two kids. Okay. So that creates a different dynamic. Right. My kids are nine years apart because I didn't cheat through all of that sour milk marriage. You know? So when the divorce, when the separation was announced, I'm still cynical. Right. Definitely cynical now to the point where I'm just like, uh, whatever. And now I'm like, 
We're separated. I'm going to go ahead and do me. You go ahead and do you. This is not ever coming back. So Can't that resurrected. This is, yeah, this is this is this is not even close to Lazarus. Yeah, this is this is whack. Mm-hmm. And then that brings me to the time where I did it. At the end, right? At the end. This is the fourth one. The fourth thing. I actually did it and hurt the woman that I fell in love with. Mother of your children? No. Okay. Mother of my children is the divorce. Mm-hmm. This is the one you really love. This is the one that yes. I truly love. Still yeah. do. Yeah. I'm just truly in love with. Mm-hmm. And the thing that hurt me, that I mean, the whole, the whole process of me cheating and, and the whole process of me giving my time and space to somebody else other than her is so freaking devastating to me. One, because I didn't respect myself at the time. Right. Two, I hurt the woman that I was dealing with, that I, that I, that I dipped off with. Right. But last but not least, I hurt the woman that I proclaimed yeah. that I love and that I was in love with and, and I committed to. Right. So I damaged her to a point that I didn't even realize. Because I didn't realize how damaged I was. She filled your cup. She filled my cup. She filled everything. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't nobody there. Right, right. So, um, but the thing is, that whole three decades of dating the wrong people, having these sour milk people, having these these disposable relationships, Mm -hmm. and me doing a superficial heal. Right. I get the the top surface. I can Mm -hmm. do that. But I never went deep enough into understanding, oh, wow, this is how that first cheating situation affected you. This is how the second one affected you. This is how the marriage breakup. And and I'm I'll be willing to say that the, the ex-wife, she went off and did some stuff while we were still married. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but, yeah, so the thing that, that 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 is still so hurtful to me. Is that I did that to somebody else. The pain that I felt from the first and the second cheat that mm-hmm. I received, right. I turned around and gave that to somebody. Right. And that is You were so, infected with yeah. the toxicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never went into deep dive of myself to open up and dissect and say, Tori, this is infected. Tori, this is scar tissue. Hey, man, you got to get this dealt with. You, you got it. Yeah. It was so suppressed yeah. because of my um, uh, apathy mm-hmm. and being able to just say, hmm. Right. Hmm. And I didn't connect with her feelings because I didn't allow myself to, because I didn't have the tools. You had to, to cut it off. Yeah. Because it was those emotions that we're not allowed to identify. I wouldn't say that. No. I would say it it the feelings that I didn't allow myself to get into okay. were too painful because they brought up why this girl cheated over there. Why I wasn't good enough for this sour milk. Why? But dude, it's sour milk. Ain't nobody right. good for sour milk. Right. So all of the things that I didn't really deal with came to, to the surface. Right. With the woman that I fell in love with. The woman that fell in love with me. And that's always, it seems like that's always what happens with us, with the relationships. The one that we really value, we're loyal to, care about. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It always gets lost. Yeah. It always slips through your fingers. And I pray. And I've been praying. That, man, dude, the funny thing is... I've been living mm-hmm. the love songs that say, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've lived it. Right. Like the other day, I'm walking around in here singing Shame, Tyrese. 
You ain't going to Jodeci yet? You ain't going to the 90s R&Bs? Nah, man. Shame, shame is it because <laughs> shame speaks about every aspect of that, heart, that hardship that I created, mm-hmm. that I gifted mm-hmm. to someone who didn't deserve, deserve it. it, didn't earn it, yeah. who was, 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 was not in a position to even, was blindsided. And man, I mean, if I, if, man, shame. So there's no communication between you and her. Yeah, there's definite communication. Okay. Um, but it's encouraging. Um, it's encouraging, but yeah. um, there is some sort of respect there, but I don't know what it is yet. It's love. She's still communicating with you? She's still communicating with me, but yeah. I don't know exactly to what degree that is. And I'm super, super hopeful, super, super optimistic that the changes that I'm making in my life mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. will be a situation in the future to where I can present myself to her as, Hey, I can actually look at I'm this ready. guy as not, 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 she don't even have to be ready, but she has to see that I'm ready. Yeah. And in her seeing that I'm ready, what I'm pray, praying for and what I have prayed for is that she says, all right, I can go out and, and get a smoothie with this dude. Well, I'm not even looking to jump into, hey, well, let's get married. No, right. because if we can't have a smoothie together because of where I have developed into what I've developed into yeah. and where she has developed since our breakup, right. we may not be compatible then. But what I would like to know or what I would like to 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 work toward is continue to be a better Tory. Yeah. So that for whomever God puts in my path, I'm going to be the best man ever. Mm-hmm. And I get to, and I'm telling you and I'm telling Sarah that the work that is being done is going to create is, is creating the best story that I've ever been. And there will be a great benefit to me and the next relationship that I'm in right. because I I've truly dialed into, I've broken out of that apathetic state because You're I recognize trying to growth. I'm, I'm getting there yeah. because I don't think anybody can ever peak at growth. Growth mm-hmm. is so. As soon as you stop growing, what are you? You're regressing. You're dead. Yeah. You stop growing, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, growth is so painful. True growth hurts. Yeah. I mean, look at it. My son's nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, my son's 11. I'm saying he's nine years the difference. My son's 11. If I was his size still, and I didn't have the growing pains of my knees swelling up, right. my elbows and joints, but that pain was necessary to get to be the man that I am now. Yes. So the emotional pain that I'm going through is necessary for me to be the best partner that I can be for this woman that I am still in love with. That's beautiful, man. For this woman. Like, that's encouraging for me. For this woman that... um. I can't stop thinking about. Yeah. And um, I was going I was trying to, to, to psych myself up to the point where I wouldn't get emotional about it, but it's going to happen because she still lives in my heart. Right. And, and, and the hurt that I gave her is so devastating to me because she didn't deserve it. Right. As men, we want to protect. Yeah. If we inflict pain, it's the it and, hurts us to a, a whole new and in the Steve you remember Steve Harvey's book oh yeah so when when he said that a, um, a man 
provides, professes, and protects. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So (laughs) the the tripped out thing here is that in all three of those things, I fell short. But I love this woman. And I fell in love with this woman. And she fell in love with me and she loved me. But I fell short on all three of those things because of my apathetic past. And because of all of the baggage that I brought through that I didn't properly cleanse. Mm -hmm. So in providing, I provided. But it was just like, hey, there you go. It was light bill money. It was, it was, (laughs) if that. Okay. Yeah. I've been there. Um, You know, I, you know, I I protected her from everybody external. Except for? Except for me. I was the monster that hurt her. I've been there too. And she's sleeping right next to me. But I'm the dude that's hurting her every day. And you loved her while you were hurting her. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the, the crazy dynamic that, 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 that I am forgiving myself for every day. Mm. You know, I profess my love to her when it was just her and me, or, you know, one thing that I, that I, that I did that I know now I can hear it, but I couldn't hear it because of apathy and selfishness. I was, man, I was selfish, bro. Super selfish. But what I couldn't hear her say is like, yo man, why you ain't introduced me to your mom? Mm. Why you ain't introduced why are you twisting the phone away when you're talking to your ex? It's your ex. You ain't got nothing to do with her. Why you ain't tell your son about me? I love you. Right. You know, so it's an inconsistency that presented pff, all of these, all of this deficit that I projected on her that she did not deserve. I pray only men can have those incongruencies. Because mm. uh, I know... I, you could love them to death. Mm-hmm. You could have all positive emotions, but the actions sometimes yeah. just, it, it, I don't know if it's ego. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's learned behavior. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we just don't back it up with the, the intensity of yeah. the feelings that we So have. the thing with me that I was able to unpack in, in this isolation that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say isolation because God's with me and he's talking to me and he's working on me and he's, he's cleansing, he's cleansing. The thing is, um, what I what I've been able to understand is that, yo, man, sit down, pay attention to to what was said, so you can actually hear it. Because she was saying stuff to me as clear as you and I and Sarah are talking right now. Mm-hmm. But in that conversation, I was so clouded. That I couldn't hear her. Right. And I would miss it or I would dismiss it or I would minimize it or I would mitigate statements that she made to me so that it fit in my little comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And in me doing that, I'm the monster that's pushing her away. She's trying to hug me. I'm stiff arming her. That's a penalty in football all day, bro. I can't face mask her. Right. I got my hand in her face, mushing her when she's trying to hug and love and touch on me. Right. That's what I want. Right. That's what, but that that's what, what I'm pushing want. back. Yeah. yeah. So what the hell kind of... Like being a masochist. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, sometimes we can't... Yeah. We, we just... I, I know I've been there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will do the exact opposite mm-hmm. of what I feel because I'm not comfortable that's with it. the emotion. I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm and the funny the thing, how this ties back in the earlier, what, she was, what Sarah was saying about how boys... Or, 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 or get up, you scratch your leg at home. 
hey, um, hey, stop crying like a girl. You fell off the little the, the swings at, at school. Right. All that other stuff. I had a, a dynamic to where my mom was super, super, super sensitive. And hey, come on, let me touch and hug on you. Right. Dad was there when he wanted to be there. Right. So I was getting both of them. So I have actually developed two spec two ends of the spectrum to where I want to be loved. I want to be hugged. I want to be. But then I'm kind of like, eh, get away from me. Right. Because the hurt that I felt or, or, or the hurt that developed over the 30 years of spoiled milk relationships mm-hmm. put into me a fear that if you get too close or if I try too hard, if I extend myself too much, I'm going to get hurt. Right. You're going to look like a fool. I'm going to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to be left alone with duh, 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 ding, 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 ding. And doing all the stuff that you just did, you were left alone anyway. Right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So I would. you said something about earlier about sabotage? Yeah. Self-sabotage. Absolutely. And I was doing that. And, and finishing up with the, with the provide, profess, protect since the breakup. And it's only two months. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the calendar daily like, man, two months ago. Right. Two months ago. Two months ago, we set a date to get married this year. I take it, bro. But I mean, not this year, but um, 2019. And um, what I didn't do was I didn't provide, I didn't protect, I didn't profess to the level that I know I can do. And now that I'm not scared anymore, I right. want to do right. specifically for this woman. Right. She's the only one you want to do. Yeah. And the thing is, right now, B, I know right now. And especially when this podcast comes out, oh, he's so sensitive. He's so in touch with himself. I am vulnerable to the point where I know I'm ripe to fall into another trap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I I, do. And and right now I know any relationship that I would entertain if I were to would be sour milk. Wow. I know that for a fact that the next person would be sour milk. You think that would be sabotaging your end? It would be sabotage my end, but it would be me repeating the same dumb stuff I had done right. before I fell in love with this woman. Right. Because you're saving it for her. These are true emotions for her. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, all of the pain and all of the hurt and all of the turmoil and all of the tests that 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 we went through in my infidelity and my cheating and my sharing time with somebody else, all of that work that's being done on my part and on hers. We're the only two people that should, in my opinion, we're the only two people that should reap the benefits of that work. Right. Because I go down the street, meet somebody over at Safeway. She's all nice. She got all her teeth and a driver's license. Great. We're good, right? You're good yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so, guys, your standards yeah. are super high. So, but, but in a joke, my standards were that low because right. I kept picking the same woman. Right. She just had a different face. Mm-hmm. Same woman. So I meet her at Safeway. I know she's sour milk because I'm going to look at her and say, nah, her hair ain't curly like hers was. Mm-hmm. Nah, she don't speak with the same accent as she did. Right. Nah. Nah. She's, she's going to be. Her. Yeah, she's not her. Right. She's going to be a not woman. Not short enough. Not tall enough. Not curly enough. So she's going to be a not woman. But what I say is in professing that love to the one that I love still and that I am in love with still. I apologize to her. 
I am so sorry for the for the hurt that I caused that she did not um, deserve. And I love this woman. I love this woman. And for whoever listens on this podcast. And so yeah, what I was saying um, before the last uh, in the last segment is that I love this woman. I'm in love with her. Um, I can't stop thinking about her. Um, I see her walking around in this house every day. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I damaged our relationship to the point where she left, she lived here, mm-hmm. is so devastating to me that I inflicted the pain that I felt for 30 plus years on the woman that I love and fell in love with. Right. Crazy. And even though this is as painful as it is, what I am thankful for, because I, 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 I look for now and historically, I look for what good is this trial, is this set of consequences going to produce? What can I get? What can I harvest from this situation? Right. And what happened in her leaving because of my actions is that it exposed the character flaw. And by that character flaw being exposed, I know now we're going back to being little boys and little men being aggressive and everything right there. I know what that character flaw is. I can identify it. I can isolate it. I can treat it or eliminate it. Mm. So with that being said, hey, man, you have this is me speaking to myself. You got abandonment issues. You don't want nobody to leave you. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, you got attachment issues. You don't want to attach to nobody. So where does that leave you in this gray little stupid little area where it don't make sense? Isolation. It's isolation and no growth. Can, only thing that grows in isolation and in the dark is like mushrooms or something. Exactly. You know, and that's good oh. for salads. But what you going to do after that? <laughs> right. So that character flaw that was identified is massive because, like I said, for. If God sees fit to soften her heart enough to allow us to go out for a smoothie or for a, a, a veggie burger or right. whatever, if God puts it in her heart to look at me as a viable option, mm-hmm. it's going to be massive because she'll see the change. I don't have to sit here and tell her, oh, look, I've changed. Words. Right. Action speaks louder than words. I'm from the show me state. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but check this out. Actions speak louder than words. Feelings speak louder than actions. Mm-hmm. And so with her seeing it and, and the woman that I'm speaking about truly in touch with her own feelings and she can tap into and identify Fugazi like real quick. Like, eh, nah, bro, you just talking. Right. Thanks for the smoothie, homie. But um, we, we, we out. Deuces. Thanks. Deuces. Right. Yep. And by the way, the smoothie was wrong. You know, I don't want no strawberries in it. Right. They get in my teeth. Mm-hmm. And you didn't give me a straw. Mm. So, but it's just. It, that day will come. Yeah. That day will come. You have to speak that into existence. Mm-hmm. And you have to chase that with persistence. Yeah. It, it will come. I'm hopeful. Because she's, she's still communicating with you. And you know the kinship and the connection that you have. Um, I think that you're paying your penance. You're, you're doing what you need to do mm-hmm. because your focus is on that end. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't happen. want anything else, Brian. Yeah. I don't want anything. I don't want anything else for anybody. Right. Else. Right. I should say it that way. Because they're all going to be not. 
Yeah, they all gonna be nuts. Right. They all gonna be the nut women, right? Or the sour milk relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, they got their teeth in the driver's license, but after that, what, what, you know, what you got? Right. Expiration date. Yeah, expiration date. I'm just waiting for this to end. Right. Why start something waiting for it to end? But I, I but told why start you. something at all then? Uh, how men, men. I, I, I mean, isn't it? Is it? It's the, a isn't it more practical and logical to figure yourself out? Mm -hmm. before you get into something serious. I'm not talking about like my little, you know, Walter my girlfriend, you know, uh -huh. like, I'm, no, I'm talking about like a serious committed relationship that you or that has gone into other phases of a relationship. Like it doesn't, I'll give you a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Derek Jackson oh, on man, Facebook? I can't stand Derek Jackson. Well, I, I know he gets mixed reviews, but he did say something the other day that I was like, that right there is gold. Really? That's gonna be my anthem for twenty. I have like an anthem every year. I was like, this so is twenty nineteen. So you listen to Derek Jackson. You on the Derek Jackson train? No, no, no. I didn't say I was on the Derek Jackson <laughs> train. Uh -huh. I like a lot of the things that he says. I did buy his book. Oh wow! The book was actually solid. It was it was really? an easy read. It was solid. Okay. And he said something the other day. I was like, see, people, all these women out here need to put this and make this their like twenty nineteen mantra. Go into the new year. Tell like me this. what he said. He said. Women are not meant to be, oh, and don't quote me. The rehab. Thing. Women are not meant to be rehabilitation centers for broken men. Oh, yeah. Bam. Yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. I, he, I mean, it was, it was, it's profound yet simple enough for mm -hmm. anyone to understand. Mm -hmm. So if people are going into it this way, that means you're broken. Yeah, sure. So anyone that gets with you, anyone that you fool or bamboozle into getting with you uh -huh. is literally a rehabilitation center. You are checking in, running amok, mm -hmm. checking out. Mm -hmm. So like when you cheat, you're like, it's the equivalent of like checking out. Right. Only to go back, get back on drugs mm -hmm. and then be scratching and sniffing, you know, within like, Three days right. only to check back in for the women that take them back in essence. Now you check back in. Maybe you do really sure. like fix it. Yeah. Maybe you do really sober up, get yourself right, become a productive citizen of society. Yeah. Bam. Rehabilitation center check mark. Mm -hmm. But the statistics show that that's not really mm -hmm. what happens in most cases. Right. So the chances are already, the odds are already stacked against you. Mm-hmm for doing that. My whole thing is it becomes a purpose. If you don't, right. If you don't take the time to do you and mm -hmm. get to know yourself mm -hmm. before all you're doing is perpetuating the cycle of brokenness. Absolutely. So you're Absolutely. broken that rehabilitation center. I.e., the woman that's going to get with you, you then break her. Mm -hmm. Then she goes and finds a man that is her. Uh-huh. That is her. Mm -hmm. I embrace it. So what do, I mean, is this what we're going to do for the next like not at all century? Mm -hmm. Just continually, all. like perpetually continue to promote this cycle and create it. It's not even so. So we create it and then promote it. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no end there. If it's a continuous, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. So I really do think that if people were more aware mm -hmm. of where they're falling short in general, in their own lives, whether it's abandonment things or, hey, listen, you know, eh, I've been cheated on in the past. Maybe I need to heal because everybody's different. Right. Right. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody heals differently. So we can't assign a number to that. Right. Right. Like you have some people in some 
counselors or experts that'll be like, no, you have to have at least three months or you have to have at least six months. Or if you were like, you know, by depending on the phase that you were at, it's like six months out of, you know, per phase. And so like, if you were at the engagement phase, you need to be alone for like a year. I don't think that is true because I think that is individualized. It's individual people's level of emotional tolerance is different depending on the person. But if we did that, maybe let's take it back to the core. How about we take it way, way, way back and try to not create toxic environments to begin with? Or I'm not saying we're going to be perfect because obviously we're not going to be. But if we could minimize that to a large extent, Mm -hmm. wow, wouldn't our society be completely, our communities would be completely different? Wouldn't there be two healthy people entering a relationship? God forbid! Oh, the shame! Why does that not happen? Everybody's, what I believe, everybody's broken. Everybody's broken. And then what, in addition to everybody being broken, Mm -hmm. most people intrinsically are selfish. Yeah. And so a help, a, a, uh, a hurt, selfish person mm. is going, hurt people hurt people. Exactly. And that's why it was so instrumental. And I'm so thankful for the hurt. Mm. Now, I wouldn't even say hurt, but the redirection that God has me on right now. Because now we start talking about infidelity and, and, and cheating and all that other stuff. When I got the topic, I had no clue. Mm. Had I had I had I had we had this talk two months ago? Sure. I would not have had a clue on how deep I needed to dive into Tori mm-hmm. to go back to the first girlfriend cheating on me in right. 1992. Right, right, right. 1992, bro. How many years is that? 26, man. So 26 years ago. Quarter century. Quarter century. Dude, why you, why you date me like that? <laughs> so t- over 25 years ago, I had the first seed of relationship infidelity. Ex- I was exposed to that. Right. Then it was re, 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 um, reinforced within the very next girl. Mm-hmm. And so that on top of seeing my parents go through that. And then we were talking, somebody said something earlier about, you know, the, the violence that goes on in the house. Oh, you yeah. mentioned that, Brian. Yeah. Like yeah. the violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the violence. Goes, so one thing, and I'm, and I'm getting off on a, a short tangent, is okay. I recognize you don't hit women. Right. You don't yell. You don't scream. You don't do. And my default in, in, in an altercation, I'm not going to sit here and yell. I'm not going to do I'm going to back up. I'm going to try to sue. We're in a relationship, obviously, right, not right. parental. I'm going to try to sue the situation then we with talk whatever. Then we about what my weakness is. I yeah. told you and um, your my weakness. go-to is. Yeah, and what your go-to is. What was that? I missed that conversation. What <laughs> is your weakness? That was man talk. Oh, yeah. okay. That was man talk. Exclude the girl in the conversation. Yeah, you see, oh, cool. You see, I had to get, I'll tell you. Voice had to get deeper. Now. It's man talk. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'll admit, uh, I know in my marriage it was an issue and it's something I probably picked up when I was in uh, high school or college. I don't like to argue. And instead of arguing, I'll try to take it straight to the bedroom. And I mean, that's a weakness that I have. Oh, you're you know? one of the sexer fixers? Yeah, it fixes oh. everything. You can't argue with well, me. Well, clearly not, Brian, if you're divorced. Yeah. My and bad. Now, now, now check out the opposite of that. But, but that was because that whole thing was blocked, though. And I think that like I said, women evolve on that quickly. Mm-hmm. They realize that you call it a sex fixer. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, a hey, sex that's all he's trying to do. He yeah. just try- well, yeah. they just they shut it down because mm-hmm. they realize that you break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Right, and we know we have control over that. So women want uh, love, mm-hmm. men want respect. Correct. Yeah. And I, I love peace. 
Yeah. So instead of arguing, I've I've learned that that's an easy way to shut it down and keep it moving. You mm-hmm. have an argument about breakfast, you're fixed by lunch. Mm-hmm. The rest of the day is safe. Yeah. Um, but did that work for you? It's one thing it, for you it to like it. It worked for so long. It did it really? For so long. Oh, and then, wow. And then, so I mean, you got used it, to it. It worked it built, until it did. Yeah, didn't. it built a pattern for you mentally. Yeah. It, it worked, right? Because oh, wow. the arguments would end. It was, mm-hmm. no, it was all, everything would work out. I could have the whole rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I hate arguing all day. But what That's happened? What did you shrug it under the, but did you shrug it under the rug? Like what, what happened? Did you sweep it under the rug or? I mean, that's what led to my divorce. Uh, we got into an argument and I couldn't fix it. I mm-hmm. lost my my power, my ability. Oh, Sex so so exactly, no more. exactly. So it turned into a week. Turned into a week away, and then she started putting up all these buffers. She had a, a homegirl coming to town, mom coming to town. Always something to block and stop the fix. Yeah. Um. And just like it you said, right? Because no, I don't like getting on that emotion. Yeah. Placebo. I don't like I don't like getting into the whole so, exchange thing. The difference is what you're talking about being a sex affixer mm-hmm. and this 30 year uh, uh, um, roller coaster of sour milk relationships and just enough, the, the not girls. Mm-hmm. What happened was they would use me as a sex affixer. And I, I wasn't the one that I right. actually would initiate it, but when they saw that I was trying to pull away That's or whatever, the move from. They, <laughs> oh! so, so they, they would initiate with me and right. I didn't have the, the, the fortitude or the the, the foresight yeah. to see, oh, this was happening. So what I realized is that more often yes. than not, in that 30-year span, the female was, was using running. was using the sex, yeah. using me for sex. Yes. And I began <laughs> look at me. I cannot believe I'm sitting here in a podcast hearing these yeah. men but talk it's about so true. you use me like a piece of but God that's how women get over. And see, and see, look at what you just did. Uh-huh. You just did the, the school. Oh, get up. You you just you just got no, off I, the swing. No, all I said was it is ironic right? to yeah. sit here, and but, it's because typically it's women. Yeah. Women express that historically it's been women expressing how he used They've been me sexually. Or, yeah. Look you at know. the culture. Where's the culture yeah. going? Women, yeah. women are, are more men. manly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then the thing is, the way you just said, oh, look at these guys. Oh, no, 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 no. The way that yeah. a, a real sensitive dude. Right. What an emotional connection. Would, would look love. at that as like, yo, yeah. even though you're joking about it and this is a, a loving environment, the girl that's safe would have been like, you punk ass, how you going to sit up here and be mad because somebody trying to sex you? Get your punk ass. No. It's a real thing with it dudes. Is. It really just is. like I it is with it. girls. No, I believe mm-hmm. it. And so, sure. and so the thing is, with 30-year track history or not girls and, 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 and sour milk, relationships and disposable relationships with them using sex as 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 a pacifier for me mm-hmm. i lost the value of sex mm. oh that's a topic that's another good topic <laughs> yeah, so i lost the value of sex with the woman that i love the woman that i'm in love with tell me more about that man because in looking at oh well the baggage of oh wait was she highly sexual though yes yeah. Super highly sexual. Right. Highly sexual. Hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, bam, close off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Why you Control naked? is what that is. No, that wasn't control. That's just her nature. Okay. She was just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was she just like, oh, like very affectionate as a person? A very affectionate person. Very, very affectionate person. And it wasn't slutty sexuality. Right. It was just pure. She wasn't a Scorpio. It was, it was, it was. <laughs> what? <laughs> she wasn't a Scorpio. No. Is that what they say about Scorpio? Uh, they have I, that slutty no, sexuality. They just they they're in control. They're, it's a. I'm a Gemini. 
Okay. And Scorpio is a very sexual sign. Uh, oh, okay. They can control you with that. Mm-hmm. And is this voodoo? I love, I love. Yeah, it's voodoo. Oh, it's voodoo. It's voodoo. Yeah. That's that's why the, 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 that's why that's why it's shaped like a V. It's voodoo. But um, but no. So my past baggage attached a negative um, um, connotation to the act of sex. Oh, wow. Because they were all with not girls. They were all with, with sour milk girls. They were all with these disposable relationships that didn't mean anything. That right. wound up, you know, just being or just for now. You know, it's funny thing. It was there were one night stands mm-hmm. with relationships that I was in for months. Every time I was with the same girl for like a month, it was a one night stand every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because there was no connection to it. There was no attachment to it. There was strings attached to the sex. Whereas when I fell in love with this woman that I'm still in love with, that I want to be with right. for the rest of my life, that I committed to, but broke the commitment. Yep. Now I want to recommit to them. When it came to our sexual um, 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 dynamic, I allowed that baggage, because I never dealt with it, sure. to um, demonize or devalue the whole mm-hmm. act mm-hmm. to where I'm just like, oh. It became a new sex pattern. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, hey, you want to go? Uh, hey, you want to take a shower? Uh, you know, so it was just kind of like, uh, right. uh, apathy. Right. That's, isn't that interesting? Because yeah. typically it's always the men complaining about like, oh, she changed back in the day. You know, it was like <laughs> hot and saucy and sexy at first. And then it's like, that's that's an interesting yeah. thing that long term it was the woman. That's the point of a rela- for me for a relationship mm-hmm. is that it gets better. Yeah, you see exactly. You know, like that's 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 what that's what I my experience. Yeah, and the thing is, I had to, and and I tie it back into the breakup being a beneficial thing because I'm looking for the good and why we had to break up, Mm -hmm. why she had to go, why I can't just fix this right here, because I wouldn't have been able to dive in as deep as I have and as I'm continuing to do to understand that yo, that's where the sexual piece was a problem for me. Because back in 94, this chick did this. Back in 2000, this sour milk did this. Mm-hmm. This lady did this. This, 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 this. And I had all those different attachments, not just sexually, but then emotionally, financially. You know, like, hey, I had a straight gold nigga chick mm-hmm. that was just like, oh, yeah, let's go over here and eat over here. And that wound up, you said something about um, financial infidelity. Yeah. That was a form of financial infidelity Absolutely. that I brought into our relationship with the woman that I love. Right. Because like, eh, nah, I because remember. Because she was highly disposable. Yeah. I'm like, nah, that other girl want extra shrimp too. Yeah, you ain't getting no right, extra right. shrimp today. Because because she wanted something different from you. The exchange was different. Yeah. Her intentions were true. Yeah. So looking at it through the lens of your prior experience. The kaleidoscope. Yeah. The kaleidoscope wouldn't allow me to see the purity Mm-hmm. That was right in front of me, bro. Mm-hmm. The purity that was right there. Mistreating her for all the yeah. bad. So that she, she had. unfairly, I unfairly, and this is another part that I gotta forgive myself for every day, every day, is that I gave her all of the headaches and lumps yeah. of thirty years of sour milk relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't deserve none of that, man. Right, none of it. She and needed all praise and love, yeah. and in your heart, you probably felt like that. But with your actions, yeah, it was a, it was a turmoil. But yeah. can you really feel 
wholeheartedly yeah, like into no but think about this question for real though okay can somebody really say that they have given an individual a hundred percent of their heart mm -hmm. when significant parts of their heart have been hardened no through experience it can't happen there's no way, way. No. Like you there's said, no way. Can you say that you're giving your heart 100% when parts of your heart are hardened? Right. So through all these experiences. You don't know. You, you don't have access to it. We don't use 100% of our brain. Yeah. We can only True. use certain percentages mm -hmm. of it at a time. True. But we use it as a whole. And I think the heart works a lot like that organ. Mm -hmm. I think that once you have the evolved uh, experientials to go behind it, and you can match the behavior with the emotion, I think that you can get there. That's harming in a relationship. That's why we seek out relationships. That's why we are identifying these women as disposable, as, as, as perishable milk. So, so that's what I'm let's, let's not say that the women are disposable. The okay. relationships are disposable okay, because right, we don't right. want to devalue people, a person. They're people. The right. So please, listeners, understand it is yeah. disposable relationships, not disposable people. Right. So, but that's what I'm saying. So if you have all these experience a b c d e mm -hmm. they have chipped away at the purity of like you know mm -hmm. your your pure heart from like when you were a teenager right, right. when you started dating and mm -hmm. love open right open completely where yeah. everything is good everything oh smells like roses everything tastes like strawberries and champagne great yeah so years go by your heart little by little you know starts getting black in certain parts right as in like it's going away it's deadening yeah by the time you get into, if you haven't properly healed your right. heart right. so that those parts can go back to looking red, you know, like right. flesh, uh -huh. that means that when you're in a relationship with whoever, mm -hmm. they can't get a hundred, they, so, they literally cannot get a hundred percent of you. So let him go first. So the, I, got, I got a good so one. The, okay, yeah. so, the, so the thing is with that. And, and that's something I actually have written down. Every bad, every bad run relationship resulted in another chip away from my self-esteem and my self-respect, more hurt in that in my perpetual injured state, um, I uh, um, retreated into the safety of myself. So you said chip away that, that keyed in right on that note that I had. But the thing is, with me being as chipped away as I was, with me being as blackened as I was, there was still a little part of red in there. And the thing is, 100% of my heart that I had to give was given to the woman that I love and the woman that I am in love with. So the thing is, she got 100% of the heart, the red parts and the black parts. Mm. So with her inheriting the red parts and the black parts, she got 100% of me. But she got 100% yeah. of me. But since there was more black than red, that's why, you know, yeah. it was tipped. But so mm -hmm. it was tipped what I would suggest and what I submit to you guys in her getting 100% of that um, dually colored heart mm -hmm. is that the red that was there, the red that is there, was not allowed to flourish because of the black. In it. And the thing is, the black in that heart could have been just um, the the listeners can't see what I'm doing, but say I'm holding 100%. up, say I'm holding up uh, like an okay sign, okay. and say the heart is as big as if you put your arms together in in a circle. So say if the heart is that big and proportionally it's only that little mm -hmm. of black in there, mm -hmm. but that's all you see, that's the only perspective you have. Right, is only seeing that black part and not seeing. 
the rest of the red because you're so deep into the forest, you can't see the trees. Right. You're so deep into that black part of the heart that you can't see how red it is because I, unfortunately, fenced off mm. the rest of the red. I'm mm. keeping you here in this black. No, 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 no. In the black forest. In the black, the black forest. forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right. in the black forest, mm -hmm. I control the black forest. Right. I can't get hurt in the black forest because everything in the black forest, check this out, already dead. Right. You can't hurt stuff that's already dead. But if I allow you to, to, to creep out of that little gate and go over into the red part, now you can mess around and, and deaden all the other red part. Right. I'm going to protect the red part. Right. Nope. The red part is selfish. Yeah. I'm going to protect the red part. You're going to get it all, but you're going to have limited access. I love that analogy. Um, to I missed the metaphor. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was on point. But like, I kind of see it in my mind uh, probably similarly. But have you ever seen a chart where someone starts off as a smoker and you see the dead mm -hmm. smoker yes. lung? Yes. And then they get off cigarettes right. and it starts to heal. Yes. That's where I think love works. I think that you evolve. I think that you can have that uh, black part of your heart and you might not even need to metastasize it. You might need to just allow some healing to go on so you can have that 100% red. And you give that to the person that comes into your path that you have unlimited love for. And I mean, I think that's the hope and the optimism that we have for love. I mean, I know that I have evolved. I know that my ability to love is at its peak. I just discern differently now. And I try to find somebody that can pour into me as I'm pouring into them. And we can have something that will last for a lifetime because I'm not trying to have disposable relationships. Yeah. I'm not trying to have anything short-term or short-sighted. I'm trying to have something that lasts. And it's a lot of work. And well, you, you have to have I someone mean. that's willing to put work in. Oh, Lots right. of these ladies are not willing to put the work in. You're they not... lip service mm -hmm. and they tell you, and they, I think we all want it, yeah. but Everybody's put someone to test. They're work. scared to give it. You know what it is though? Is it that they're, I think that everyone at some point has you know, when you, when you go into it with the full red heart mm -hmm. has done it. And because of the pain that they've experienced, they've done the same thing. So it goes like what he mentioned, what Tori mentioned about, you know, with his analogy of the black forest, mm -hmm. it's been the same for, for women and mm -hmm. for, for just centuries after centuries after centuries, you know, for years, women had to deal with men, not being loyal to them or their families having families in the house next door right. and they had to keep their mouth shut because it was either I end up on the street and lose my kids or I deal with this. What's the alternative? I rather deal with this. Right. So, you know, we all know that that, yeah, we all know that that actually existed and continues to exist in some, in some instances. So whose responsibility is it then to make the decision as to I'm not healed. What you just said about the, the I'm not healed. Is it the responsibility of the individual that's not healed? Or is it the responsibility of the people encountering you to say, you know what? You don't seem ready. Because my thing is, we're quick to say, oh, these girls are here like Chris Brown. These girls ain't loyal. La, 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 la. But wait a minute. If she's, my question would be, well, why though? If you're encountering women, one, if you're consistently attracting women that are not willing to put in the work, that says that would raise a couple red flags for me. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, 
what is going on on their end? What are they perceiving that is not even giving them the inclination to want to do the extra work? Because if they meet a person, if a woman meets a guy or vice versa, and you're talking to them, you're getting to know them, um, you know, you're having a good time, you're going out, you're experiencing them in the different elements, you know, that they kind of run through. And you're just like, boy, you know, physically, totally attracted, great. Financially, you seem like you got yourself together, you're educated, we have great conversation. But then when you get to the emotional part, which you know is the part that at the end will either make or break you, you're sitting there like, you just really don't appear to be emotionally evolved or emotionally mature. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, that's a conversation that you would have. Right. You're going to have some people that one can't handle the truth because we all know some people can't handle the truth. And two, you might have an individual who says, you know what? I hear you, but I don't accept it. Some people just might not see. They might not have the Mm self-awareness to be like, you know what? I can acknowledge that. And three, then you have some people that might say, whoa, if a random person that just told me that maybe that's. I should do a little bit of digging because clearly I'm giving off some kind of energy that is making people feel this way. And the fact that it's happened with one, two, three different individuals, maybe this is becoming a pattern. Those are really the only three choices that you have. So whose responsibility is it really? I agree with your point that it is uh, feedback that you get. It's the other person um, to tell you you're you're not ready because they can only identify that in you that's what feelings are it's our self evaluation our self assessment um and i think that we don't speak enough french especially in relationships mm-hmm. we need to talk more we you know mm-hmm. instead yeah. of just yeah. you know worrying yeah. about me yeah that goes back to everybody being selfish and mm-hmm. you know not everybody i'm saying but from a selfish standpoint that's where a lot of people you know res- you know reside Mm-hmm. And um, with regards to looking at it from a perspective of, you know, Sarah said, well, is it up to the individual that you're dealing with to identify it for you? Right. Or is it up to you to actually deep dive and figure it out for yourself or whatever? With, um, I'll, I'll say from my perspective, I was not dialed in enough to myself because I only did superficial um, work. So I didn't get deep enough in myself to understand that I wasn't emotional, emotionally ready because I hadn't dealt with the emotional hurdles and, and the things that I, the baggage that I had. So it was my, my partner that was actually saying, yo, you're not ready. Right. And in saying that, I was selfish enough to say, yo, I am ready. What you talking about? Because I didn't hear what she was saying. And plus, I got defensive because right. I'm a sensitive person. Right. If you sit here and tell me, yo, um, you're not doing this. That's an accusation to me. My dukes are, I'm ready to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm defending myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you doing? No, 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 no. So I couldn't, well, and I say that I couldn't. I didn't allow myself to hear the sincerity in coming from a person that I love and I know loves me. Right. Saying, yo, you're not ready. You're not ready. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. It, it goes back to us being defensive. And in our defensiveness, we begin to self-sabotage. We put all these pitfalls, obstacles, hurdles in front of us. And it leads to the demise of 
what's most precious to us, the relationship that's ideal. And we end up hurting these partners that are who we really want. Mm -hmm. But because we have a brokenness in us, Mm -hmm. uh, we become toxic. It's not intentional. It's just what it's just the byproduct of all these past experiences mm-hmm. uh, of everything else, whether it's upbringing, whether it's the socialization, it's just our pattern. It's what leads us into today. Yeah. And I mean, I know that now I've evolved to the point where I try to protect myself from cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't even put yourself in a situation. Right. I think that that's uh, a, a huge strategy. A lot of us take is I'm just not going to do it at all. No one's going to hurt me. I'm not going to let anybody have that kind of power or control. But I think that, a better strategy for myself is to dive in and really diagnose and dialogue and see what I have in my situations. And it gives me so much more information. I walk away with these relationships feeling uh, significantly more fulfilled and aware for the next one. Right. And I mean, I I know that I can identify a genuine partner when they come along. I know that that's uh, in me. It's just, Connecting and finding that person. That's what she, um, Sarah actually um, made mention to. Hey, well, like, I'm going to paraphrase it, but she was like, yo, at some point, boom, something clicks where mm-hmm. you, you get all this all this feedback from everybody else. It's like, yo, what is it that you lacking emotionally? How is you keep tra- attracting the same type of individuals? Why are these same faces right. or these different faces, same person, keep winding up with you? And in my specific instance when I'm talking about this this couple of three decades of of dating and these what not not the whatnots but the um knots. the knots mm-hmm. and knots. <laughs> the, the, so in my experience with me having abandonment issues mm-hmm. and with me identifying I have attachment issues I was at a point where I don't want to be by myself because I wanted to be with somebody so bad. I wanted to have what my parents didn't have. So you were chasing the emotional, not the physical. Yeah. That's why physical was just like the physical part of a relationship is easy. Thank you. So if you got this part and you got that so, part, one fits in the other one. Yeah. You just got to make sure that you got the right candles lit and everybody's happy. Yeah. Right. Agreed. But the thing is, that's why I was I'm looking for an emotional attachment over a 30 year period where I'm meeting these knots that are looking for this, that, and the third temporaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, this, that, And the thing is with me looking at it from a perspective of, I just want to find love. I just want to be with this woman. I just want to be one woman. Cause I mean, even back in high school, I wasn't no two timer, three timer, four timers. I knew back then one relationship takes a whole lot of energy. I'm in 11th grade. Like, uh, yo, so I'm learning that from back then. But with me having the abandonment issues and the attachment issues, I want to attach to somebody because now I feel love. Now I'm validated mm-hmm. because I have someone who loves and cares for me. Mm-hmm. So, OK, this disposable relationship. OK, what's the next one? This disposable relationship. I wouldn't even say some of them over the 30 years were not relationships. They were just like acquaintances that I dated. Situationships. Situationships that I qualified in my head as a relationship when it really wasn't that. I qualified a situationship as a relationship wanting to have a relationship with the wrong person so bad that I damaged myself. Right. And that is, I wouldn't have been able to 
articulate that or recognize that had I not have had, had the engagement because we were engaged had the engagement had not broken off right so the situation ship I'm trying to turn it into a relationship on my head and now I'm just like oh whoa it's me <laughs> okay next right. okay next okay next but you guys know that feedback is important oh. the other mm-hmm. way too right because what giving it yeah like you know because I think that I think that I really feel that women also want to know things before they go down. You know how you were just talking about, oh, I'll protect myself against cheating, but like if I stop for a second and think about it, mm-hmm. I think that also goes, even if it's hurtful. And I also think it's a protection for the person giving the feedback. So for example, okay. you see that things are going south. You're starting to feel, oh, you know, this is kind of like not how it was. You know, it's been six months. Things are kind of dying down. Let's say an example. It's a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. If you talk to the female based on the reactions that I mentioned earlier that you would get either like you acknowledge it, you completely like deflect it and throw it away, or you can't even like understand what's going on. To me, the person's reaction would one, give me an indicator as to whether or not this is somebody that has the tools that I want in my partner long-term, right? The way that they actually handle the feedback one Mm. and two you're going to see with what they do with the feedback the action, yeah. if it's even worth your time. Because if you tell somebody, hey, listen, I don't really like this. Somebody completely blows you off. If it's an actual deal breaker, then you know what you have to do. So don't waste yours time. Don't waste hers. What are What is anyone getting out of, oh, I told her once that I don't know. And so then I saw a girl that had exactly what I told her that I wanted her to do, but she doesn't. And then I cheated. I'm aiming it, you know, I feel like, I feel like it it just becomes this blatant contradiction where it's like, we want it for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we're not really talk about putting in the work. Like we want it for ourselves and ourselves and ourselves, but we are not willing to then reciprocate that. You know what I mean? So for like, for example, make ourselves better, but not make them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That goes back into the selfish nature of people. And in the end, it's counterproductive because long-term though, it's likely that that particular thing will resurface in some other way or manifest itself in some other negative way. Mm -hmm. So it's never quite, you sweep it under the rug, but if it's never actually addressed, then it stays and then it festers and then it comes up in other ways that Mm -hmm. also damage. How can a man positively coach a, potential partner yeah like what i i i know that i am comfortable talking and having discourse but what do you think are some tips for us to have positive um polishing uh with a partner what's a good way to say you know what um maybe not trying to pull it into a relationship mode so much but just to say i would want i mean how do i phrase it how do i start that conversation i don't but it's, if it's like something that, so like, positive like, like if she smashes the toothpaste from the center, and you don't, and that's <laughs> I'm picking something silly, sure, but you know, sure. so I'll bring it back around to the coach, so she can knock it out mm-hmm. out of the park. I'm gonna softball pitch. This is something that I believe would have would be. This is something that I guess being selfish would be okay for me to receive. Hey, look, um, babe, when you smash the toothpaste in the middle, mm-hmm. it makes me feel this way. And then that's not being accusational, like, hey, you pushing in the middle. It's like, hey, I feel like this when you do that. So 
how can we work out, work around or get positively address this to where I see what you're doing. This is how it affects me. How can we get to a position to where we're both okay with, if you need to do that, yeah, how can we get to the medium Mm -hmm. where if that's something that you need to do, how about if you do it this way? You're going to get the toothpaste out still. How about you squeeze it from the bottom? Or, you know, just something like that. So, Steve Harvey, didn't you say it was uh, protecting, professing, and providing? Providing. Giving her new tools, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, but it may not just be her that needs the new tools. Right. It I'm may be open. us that need the new tools, too. And that's I what I was going to say. I think it's two things. Yeah. I want a woman to be able to give yeah. me feedback to make me better. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was a, I definitely evolved in marriage. Like, I was a good trained husband. But there is always some good trained husband. Good train husband wow. You know, but always something that you need to mm-hmm. make yourself better. So, I mean, yeah. I welcome that. So I think it's two things, yeah. if I had to answer that question. Okay. One, I'll take it back to the core is knowing yourself. Like, I don't think a person is in the position to give feedback if they have not done self-work. And this feeds into number two, which is any level of hypocrisy Mm. will automatically remove a sense of security and acceptance in a relationship. So, for example, Mm. the toothpaste. That's Mm -hmm. what I was talking about. Hey... Honey, I don't like when you squeeze the toothpaste in the middle. If she can turn around and say, well, I've actually told you 17,000 times to put the seat down. So, you know what? We're even, aren't we? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a deal breaker, right? That's but a, that's, but that's, that's fair. No, not that it's okay. a red, but it's, it's fair in that how can you hypocritically pick on something so trivial? Sure. When she also has her set of trivial things on her list that she's brought to your attention and you've dismissed. But that so would... unless you have a standing, unless you have, you can stand on firm ground yourself, I don't think that you should be giving feedback. Another example, you are like, you know what? I'm not really feeling as attracted to my girl as I used to. Cause this happens. This is a this is a very common relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've gotten it several times. Not me as a person, but I've gotten it through you're clients true, and friends true. a lot of times. You've heard the situation before. As a matter of fact, in that article that I mentioned to you about cheating, Sorry. one of number, if I'm not mistaken, it was like number six. He was like blasted. He was like, you know what? My wife had a kid, and mm-hmm. honestly, she gained a little bit of weight, and I just wasn't as attracted to her, so that's why I cheated. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. Take two, Jim. If you, not even. You better have a six pack, bro. Mm-hmm. You, if you can sit there and dog a female that produced a human living breathing for your dumb ass, yes. mm-hmm. you better have a six pack. And I'll add something to that. Okay. You better have a six pack taking on 12 hours of the duty for that baby. Wow. If you can manage to take 12-hour shifts, take your ass to work, and still find time to go to the gym and make sure that six-pack doesn't go away because it takes a long time to get, but they're gone in two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you can talk to this chick about the 20 pounds. Oh, I love it. From, mm-hmm. the, that, from the weight that she gained from your baby. That's from the heart. So- that, that's my thing. So yeah. I'm not going to – and I also think number three – 
Some things are stupid. In my opinion, I'm not like petty like that, but that's me. Mm. Can't speak for anybody else. Some things are stupid. Yeah. The toothpaste doesn't make or break me. Sure, sure. The seed down is a problem. But the toothpaste? <laughs> yeah. She like, had she had more ver- she was more but verbal no, but about for it. Le- no, but for legit reasons because it's it's like physically nasty. Like you don't get anything like nothing happens mm-hmm. to you adversely if I'm squeezing the toothpaste from the middle. But if I'm if you're oh, not putting right, if you're falling into the seat. Yeah. No, honestly, like if you're falling into the seat, especially if the water's dirty, you're exposing yourself to infections. You know our systems are different than y'all's. Absolutely. And it's physically a disgusting thing. It's a, it's an un, you know, it's physically disgusting and potentially even harmful health wise. Yeah. Some things are honestly not worth, like, people, men and women both. Some oh. things are just not worth your time. Yeah. But again, for other things, things that really affect you in your relationship that you really for certain feel a certain way about. People, please make sure your shit is straight mm. before you come out here trying to dog people. If you like your girl's eyebrows, nails, and feet done all the time, no, you can't be. You busted. either pay for it, aha, uh-huh, you should, yeah. right? I, part of the providing, yeah. but you better believe that you should not. If you come home from work after you should, took a shower and you sat at the table to have dinner, I shouldn't see grime under your nails. That's disgusting. Oh, but you yeah. have time to tell me, Yes. but you have time to tell me <laughs> that you want me. Oh, baby. I, you know, I feel like you're really slipping on the keep up. Mm. I, I'm sorry. What now? Come again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The hip- if being hypocritical is probably the easiest way for cynicism to take a hold of the sentiment that your partner has for you. Because the natural mind automatically does that. Mm -hmm. You tell me something and my mind automatically is going to immediately go like a little hamster in the wheel, going through the wheel to try to find something similar that you've done that I can throw back in your face. So if you don't come correct, automatically I'm going to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, I'll get to to the nail salon. As soon as I finish taking care of this baby, feeding this baby, putting this baby to sleep, doing the laundry for all four of us here in the house while you sit and watch football. Just saying, people. Mm-hmm. Let's get it together. You said. Just um, saying. You said. Always. Yeah. You that's said what I'm saying. Those about- are my two keys. Keep, that's how you that's how you give feedback. Do the self-work first. Mm. And two, come correct. I, I, then, I then you can sit there and give feedback about, oh, I feel you're like this. I feel like you don't know how to talk to me. I feel like you don't know how to communicate. Well, well, your tone and the words that you're using validate, demonstrate that you actually don't know how to communicate. So where do we go from here? Mm. So I love it. One thing that um, that I, I like to comment on is is regards re, in regards to the feedback part and the and the self work part. Everybody's a work in progress. Nobody's arrived at where they need to be. So in my opinion, if, say, um, I need to address something with you, mm-hmm. say with, 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 with my significant other, I, I got to address something with her, you know, but I haven't evolved. I'll pick something. It's okay. Like, hey, um, we went to your restaurant three times in a row. Let's go to my restaurant this time. Okay. So with the feedback of, hey, I like to do something else because we've done that a couple of other times. 
and I'm picking something real, real trivial. Sure. Um, of course, but uh, uh, obviously apply it to to whatever it is mm-hmm. that's necessary. There is, I, I don't believe that that um, feedback can be discounted because a person hasn't gotten to the point where they have done deep diving. Uh, now on, on real big stuff, true, true. Hey man. You, let, let me see your nails. Your stuff dirty. Don't even talk to me about my nails. But on smaller things, you know, feedback is is necessary in all regards, from a huge a range of the big things down to the small things. Right. Because I need to know if you want to use the driveway, or or if you want to be. I mean, I'm picking something silly, um, but if you want to be parked inside or outside, if you if you don't want your car blocked in. Right. Let me know that. Give me that feedback so I will park my car first or whatever. So that's an example of a small feedback thing that's true. that doesn't really have to have a lot of self-work in it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, if, it, but that, if I'm telling you. That's trivial. That's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. But I'm saying that's an example of feedback that dives into little things. Right. Whereas earlier it was spoken and it could be taken at, hey, well, if you ain't did the self-work on yourself, don't even tell me where to park my car. I think what I really got from what Mm -hmm. she said, though, was that happiness is in legitimacy. Yes. Mm. Security comes. Authenticity. Yeah. 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 Comes from all that. Yes. So that rings true. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. Mm Because we don't do that. We don't we don't look at ourselves in the mirror before we want to ascribe and and write up all these expectations for the next person. Mm-hmm. Guys being very visual beings and correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, you, you are guys so are right. quick. <laughs> you guys are so quick to look at the girl that looks hot, has a big booty, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But if you're looking like Homer Simpson <laughs> with the little three hairs, <laughs> you know, how, what, right. what, I'm sorry, what would you like us to do with that? Because oh, women want the same thing. We also want to walk into a place mm. and strut Mm-hmm. And turn around and see everybody and be like, mm-hmm, that's all mine. Right. Yes. Right. Not like, oh, the ogre just walked in. You know, Shrek you came just up walked in. here in. with Shrek. Right. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants that. <sighs> Nothing that applies to you guys is different for women. Women want the same Absolutely. thing as well. You guys like a girl that, you know, can provide for the home. You know, that maybe is educated and also has a career. Well, we want the same thing. We would also, most women would also prefer. A man that has demonstrated academically, you know, his prowess. Mm-hmm. We we like that as well. So we can't, you know, we have to do that self-reflection to make sure that we are actually bringing to the table right. what we are now demanding or expecting from our partner. Mm-hmm. Key to connecting to happiness is being able to provide for self. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. able to have that to present, that way you can connect with uh, what do they used to call equally, equally, equally yoked? Yeah, be, being equally yoked. And I think mm-hmm. that in, in, in that article that I mentioned about cheating, if I had to, like, give a consensus of mm-hmm. what was the core of all these 30 different experiences, mm-hmm. it was clear to me that these men did not have self-respect. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why they I didn't like forget you. the women, Right. you know, for now, forget the women and the circumstances and whether they were married or boyfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. it was clear to me that they did not respect themselves enough. They didn't have. I don't believe in cheating on any grounds. Like I don't think you can justify cheating. I, maybe that's just because that's something that ground I haven't broken. Uh, but like self-respect, 
Mm-hmm. It's it's a moral, an absolute moral standard. If you have the absolute moral standard, I think that it's always going to serve you well. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. one thing that um that that I said earlier that I have to forgive myself for every day mm-hmm. is the recognition that hey, I was not respecting myself, and for me to have for me to have developed that uh, lack of respect for myself. I have to go back and say, no, dude, you are worthy now. Right. You did what you did, but you're not what you did. Right. So you've overcome that. You've got over that. And I'm here to tell you, the whole world, and everybody else, and check with me whenever. But the last cheat was the last cheat. That's right. I'm not doing that no more because I don't want to project that on anybody else. Right. I don't want to feel that guilt and feel that 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 disconnect with myself, with the other, and then to hurt the other person. Mm-hmm. That's just terrible. And then when we speak about um, being equally yoked, in my relationship with my fiance, ex-fiance, I was equally yoked with her. Mm-hmm. I just didn't pick it up. I was equally yoked with her. We could have did everything. What I could have did, she could have did. Right. My yoke, I just left it. I, I would pick it up like, eh, I'll pick it up today. Right. Yeah. No, I ain't going to pick it up tomorrow. And in a relationship of the caliber that I want, Mm -hmm. there there is no downtime. The yoke got to be picked up every day. Because if she has a bad day, I have to be able to carry the yoke. If I have a bad day, she has to be able to carry the yoke. And if I'm on one of my, I don't want to carry the yoke days and she has a bad day, we make no progress. Exactly. I always tell people we forget and clients and friends of mine, we forget ever so quickly that we are part of a much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Nothing that we do as individuals affects only us. Nothing that we do is isolated. Mm-hmm. Nothing stays just in the little box that we want to leave it in. It's impossible. We were not designed that way. We were designed to be intertwined mm-hmm. in every sense. So when we embark upon these activities, for example, cheating, Mm-hmm. It never just stays even with you and that person. Like even if we, even if we could contain cheating to just the two indivi- the three individuals involved, right? Sure. Like you, the cheater, the other person, and your partner. If we could contain it to those three people, we'd probably be winning. Right. The issue is that it's not. So you then have issues. You've damaged this other person that carries it on to other relationships, and now you've created something in. The side person where it's like, can I live like this? Oh, yeah, that was good. That worked for me. So now they go and then continue to be side people for and ruining other marriages. It goes into a target. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or that person says, you know what? I did that. I really didn't like that. And now they are damaged for every other relationship that they're in because they're thinking, wait a minute. I did it. And so any little thing that even remotely resembles something that they used to do back in the day when they were side person. Mm -hmm. They Should automatically projected to you. Right. Oh, you were five minutes late when you called me. What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put a tracker on your car and you said you were at the Starbucks and you went over to the subway. And that's like a mile away. Right. And that's enough time for you. Because that's what they used to do. Yeah. Right. So now then they're projecting. Mm-hmm. Also creating a complex in the person that they're dating. It just never, we're, mu- we're part of a much bigger picture. I think the minute that we as a society, as people, as a human race, understand that, right. our entire frame of mind will shift. I couldn't agree with that anymore. 
Um, Sarah, I don't know if um, you would like to maybe tell everybody listening a little bit more about your coaching service, um, but I'd like to give you a few minutes um, to do that. Um, Thank you, Brian. Yes, I can be reached at svelitecoaching.com. That is also my handle on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter. That is svelitecoaching. I would love to hear from all the listeners here. I specialize in relational success, so this is kind of my bread and butter. I absolutely love it, and I am open to helping anybody that that needs assistance with not just changing where they are in life, but learning how to attract and retain truly healthy relationships. Absolutely. What about you? And um, I... um... Just want to first off, thank you for the opportunity to to sit and have this type of dialogue, because from a man's perspective, I don't think we do this. Men don't dive into themselves and and become vulnerable, not just to themselves, but to everybody else. And this is a huge platform. Um, So with that, I definitely want to um, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, Thanks, Sarah, for um, for her um, input as well. Um, So just in closing on my part, I want to make sure that the woman that I've been speaking about, Mm -hmm. the woman that I love, that I'm in love with, that she knows um, that I'm professing, I'm not gonna say her name or anything like that, she knows who she is, um, that I am constantly changing for the betterment of me so I can be better for the next relationship that I have. Prayerfully, it's with her. If God doesn't see fit, it'll be with whomever, but that's gonna be the best relationship that I'm gonna have with the next person because I'm doing the work right now to make it happen. So I love you. I'm in love with you. I apologize tremendously. What a powerful episode. I uh, can't thank my guests enough for joining me today. Uh, Anybody that keeps up with the show, please subscribe, rate us, review us, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Stitcher. We're all over. If you want to follow me on social media, My handle's on Instagram, Twitter, Chubby Idris Elba. Catch me on Facebook. Follow the page. And until the next episode, peace.